I've been preaching for several weeks on uh, the God we sometimes forget. I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think many times we talk a lot about God and a lot about Jesus, but we don't do much teaching on the Holy Spirit. Most of you were raised up in churches that talked about God and talked about Jesus, but didn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And I want to report to you today with affirmation, we need the Holy Spirit. Most churches, listen to me closely, most churches are either a cemetery or a mental asylum. Most churches are a cemetery or a mental asylum. But what we need is the Holy Spirit. What's right is what's under the direction of the Holy Spirit. We can't even worship without him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. We can't even worship without the Holy Spirit. We can't understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. We desperately need the Holy Spirit. We should never get tired of hearing about the Holy Spirit because we can't make it without the Holy Spirit. Can't make it without the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 and 14 reads like this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. I want to talk to you about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. I have been preaching pretty much all week this week. My voice is just about gone. I have been preaching all this week in the metropolis of Butler, Georgia. I've been preaching at a camp meeting. And the gentleman who was president, he's president emeritus now of that camp meeting, is a man by the name of Doug Carter. Doug Carter would be one of my heroes in the faith. Doug Carter said on April the 14th, 1988, he got on a flight from Charlotte, North Carolina to Columbus, Ohio. He said, I was on that flight. We were traveling on a Fokker F-28. And he said, at 31,000 feet, there was an explosion. He said the explosion on the plane destroyed one of the engines and it ripped a hole in the aircraft. He said in a matter of seconds, we went from 31,000 feet to 10,000 feet and it looked like death was inevitable. The pilot of that plane came over the PA system and said, we're going to try to make an emergency landing in Charleston, West Virginia. Then the pilot said, I would encourage all of you to pray. <laughs> Brother Doug said there was no need for him to say that because everybody was already praying. <laughs> he said, the man seated beside me with one breath would pray and the next breath would cuss. <laughs> but he said, nevertheless, the pilot made an emergency landing in Charleston, West Virginia. He said, we got off the plane. And he said, Literally, as we got off the plane, we seen the massive gap, hole in the plane. He said, literally, hoses was hanging outside the plane. Brother Doug said, when people got off the plane, they fainted. Many people fainted immediately on the spot. Doug Carter said, I went home. A week or so passed, and he said, I got a letter from a lady in Alabama. She said, dear Brother Doug, I'm getting old, my handshake. I hope you can read my scribble. 
I want you to know that I prayed especially for you on April the 14th. I was working in my flower garden when the Holy Spirit burdened my heart with an overwhelming sense of urgency to pray for you. I went to my bedroom. I fell on my knees. The only words I could utter were, Oh, God, Doug Carter's in trouble. Please stretch forth your mighty hand, put it beneath him, and keep him safe today. It was at 10 in the morning when I was interceding for you. Brother Doug said it was the exact time that I was on the plane. Now, I've often thought, I just ask you today, what would have happened had she not listened to the Holy Spirit? I ask you, what would have happened if she had not been led and sensitive and listened to the Holy Spirit and got on her knees and prayed for this man? He may not be with us, and a lot more may not be with us. It was so important that she was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And folks, I want to say two quick things, and I'll preach. Number one, you can develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13 and 14 tells us this. It tells us that we ought to have communion with the Holy Ghost. That means partner. I researched it. It literally means a partner, that the Holy Spirit should be our partner. And then the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, that we ought to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to know something, folks. Just as you talk to God, just as you talk to Jesus, you ought to talk to the Holy Spirit. And there's a second thing I want you to know. You can develop a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is your teacher and guide. I've said this over and over. God's on the throne. Jesus is at his right hand. It's the Holy Spirit that's here with us. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 14, verse 26, that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And then the Bible tells us in John 16 and 13 that the Holy Spirit is our guide, that we need him, ladies and gentlemen. We don't need to just make decisions on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to communicate with us. This is not mysticism. This is not radical. This is just biblical teaching. We need the Holy Spirit Every time I've ever went out and made a decision on my own, it was always a mess. Every time. But every time I waited on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guided me, I was able later on to look back and say, Lord, I'm glad I leaned on you. Holy Spirit, I'm glad I leaned on you. I would have made a mess out of this if I'd leaned to my own understanding. I'd made a mess out of this if I'd leaned to my own intellect. I'd made a mess out of this if I'd leaned to those resources and those people around me. I need you, Holy Spirit. And you need the Holy Spirit. Now, how does God, through the Holy Spirit, communicate to us? I will give you six quick ways. The first way that God communicates to us through the Holy Spirit, 
The Holy Spirit communicates to us through a gut feeling. A gut feeling. Now, let me explain. What separates you from animals is not that you have a soul and animals don't have a soul. I don't have time to elaborate, but animals do have a soul. They have a soul. You say, well, well, preacher, will animals be in heaven? Get real, he's coming back on a white horse. Just a thought. But what separates you from animals is spirit. Because, see, before you come to know Christ, you were dead in trespasses and sins. But Ephesians 2 and 1 says that God quickened your spirit. God quickened your spirit. So what happens? The Holy Spirit quickened our spirit and comes in to our lives. One of the ways that you know, ladies and gentlemen, that you're a believer is the gut feeling. You say, what do you mean, pastor, the gut feeling? Romans 8 and 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And friend, how the Holy Spirit speaks to you, even through your conscience, according to Romans chapter 9, verse 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. Even the way the Lord speaks to us through our conscience is through the Holy Spirit. And we have that gut feeling that we know, that we know, that we know. The Holy Spirit will speak to you through a gut feeling. You just know in your gut it's the right decision to make, and it's the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a second way the Holy Spirit speaks to you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you through the Word of God. There was a parishioner that his pastor went to see him, and the pastor knocked on the door and couldn't get anybody to the door. And the pastor sent him a text. He sent him Romans 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Well, his parishioner sent him a text back. And the text he sent him back was this. Genesis 3.10. I heard thy voice, and I was afraid because I was naked. <laughs> and I hid myself. Amen? Well, here's what I want you to see. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when we're trying to reach a decision, We'll read the Word, and God will show us that decision. He'll show us the answer. But let me tell you something. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will bring the Word to your mind. But He can't bring the Word to your mind unless you've studied the Word. 
He can't bring the Word to your mind unless you know the Word. That's why it's imperative that you study the Word. That's why it's imperative that you're in a Sunday school class. That's why it's imperative that you're in a small group. That's why it's imperative, ladies and gentlemen, that we come to church and the preacher preaches the Word of God because when the preacher preaches the Word of God and we need those Scriptures, God will bring them to our minds. See, I want you to know something, moms and dads. I'm not going to camp here. But if your children get up on Sunday and say, are we going to church today? Your family is going in the wrong direction. If they have to get up and say, are we going today? The family is headed in the wrong direction. They should get up and know unequivocally it's not a possibility. It's a priority. We're going to God's house. You're welcome. <laughs> See, folks, I heard about a man that literally, he said, I was praying about going into business with another man. And he said, as I was praying, God brought to my mind 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? He said, God, you've given me an answer. I'm a believer. He's not a believer. It's not your will for us to be in partnership together. I'm, date, I'm dating somebody, Pastor Benny. He's not a Christian. By the way, that's not God's will. Because, see, this is what I've learned. Usually, people you marry, you date before. No, I don't believe in this missionary dating. Now, you say, wait, Pastor, I'm already married to him. Then it's your will to stay in the marriage and try to reach him. But friend, if you're a Christian, you don't need to be out dating unbelievers. That's unscriptural. See, how does the Holy Spirit communicate? A gut feeling, the Word of God. Let me, let me tell you the third way that, that the Holy Spirit communicates to us. Leadings. Leadings. Let's, listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 4 and 1. Then Jesus led up of the Spirit. Now, my friend, if Jesus was led of the Spirit, how much more do we need to be led of the Spirit? Even Jesus was led of the Spirit. And you think you ought to be out here on your own, arbitrarily making decisions, kind of doing what you think you ought to do? But yet Jesus was led of the Spirit? So, Pastor, how do I? Let me tell you something, folks. I have met with people who were trying to decide things in their lives, whether to make a purchase or whether to be in a relationship. And I've met with people who were trying to decide whether or not to run for the presidency of the United States. And I took them through this plan. If you're writing, write it down. You see, I'll remember what you're saying. No, you won't. You do good to remember how to get home. What do you take them through, Brother Benny, when they're trying to seek God's will? I take them through the word peace. Peace stands for providential. See, what I'm trying to say, when you're trying to find out God's will, did, did God open this door or did I open this door? Did, did, did I try to create this or did God try to create this? See, folks, if, if you've tried to create it, it's probably not of God. Most of the time, God's will is just providential. It, you, you, just, you just couldn't have done it. It just, it just opened for you, and there's nothing you had to do with it. The E stands for enemy. 
What would the enemy want me to do? You do right the opposite. The A stands for authority. What does the Bible teach? Friend, let me tell you something. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not the will of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's never the will of God. What does E stand for? It stands C. What does C stand for? It stands for confidence. Do I have confidence as I move toward this? What does E stand for? It stands for ease. Do I have an ease or a peace in my heart? How does the Holy Spirit speak to us? He speaks to us through our gut. He speaks to us through the Word of God. He speaks to us through leadings. Let me tell you something else. He speaks to us through a check in your spirit. There was a places that Paul and Timothy wanted to go preach in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. But the Holy Spirit said no. And folks, sometimes the way the Holy Spirit will speak to you is through a check in your spirit or listen closely. If you're married, a check in your mate's spirit. When a man doesn't listen to his wife, he misses 50% of what God's trying to say to him. And all the women said, Amen. I was pastoring a church, and I said to Barbara, the church is going to Lake Winnipesoka. It's kind of a theme park. Similar to a small Disney World, Six Flags, they're all purgatory. <laughs> I said, listen, I'm going to work half a day. I've got the new Dodge Gray pickup truck. After I finish work, I'll pick you up at 12 o'clock. We're going to Chattanooga, Tennessee, going to the picnic, have fun with the church. She said, I don't, I don't, I don't have a good feeling about it. I said, well, I appreciate your feeling, but be ready at 12 o'clock. <laughs> I worked. I picked her up at 12 o'clock, got in the vehicle, drove to Chattanooga, Tennessee, pulling into Lake Winnipesoka, took a left. I'll never forget it. As I took a left, a massive truck came over the hill, came into us, demolished the automobile, completely totaled it out, we spun around there in the road, finally got control of it, got on the side of the road, said, Barbara, you okay? She said, I told you I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> this is what I'll say. Folks, if God, if God closes the door, don't crawl through a window. If God closes the door, don't crawl through a window. God will give you a check in the Spirit. Say, no, 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 don't go there. That's how the Holy Spirit communicates to us. Tell you the filth way God communicates. I got to quit. Oh, I will, since you insist. <laughs> kind of like fried chicken. I'll have another piece because you want me to. 
God communicates to us through visions and dreams. He said, I, I know somebody says, I can't, I can't believe we're hearing a, a Methodist preacher preach the stuff that he preaches. By the way, folks, I'm not your typical Methodist preacher. I'm sure, I'm for sure not a part of that group, that Methodist group who yesterday elected their first openly gay bishop. I don't mean it wrong, folks. I've made some statements lately and people get real quiet. But I want to go on record as saying when they put me in the box, marriage is between one man and one woman. Wait, 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 let me say this. This is the message. You have family members? I have family members that are in homosexual, lesbian, gay relationships right now. Benny Tate does, but marriage is still between one man and one woman. I've got to preach the book, folks, or preach none of it. I've got to preach the whole Bible or preach none of it. Keith, make sure I've got security all week. <laughs> Here's what I want you to see. I've got to move. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, get this. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now, folks, someone said, nah, I'll tell you what I believe. <laughs> your sons and daughters. So, when, I mean, get over it. You say, well, I'm a male chauvinist. Get over it. <laughs> See, everybody enjoys the preaching as long as I'm preaching what you believe. But the moment I preach something that you don't believe, you no longer enjoy the pastor. Right, Rick? See, this is what I've learned. I've been doing it 34 years. This is what most people want out of preaching. They want ammunition for what they already believe. And when you share something that's contrary to what Uncle Leroy and Grandpa Jones taught them, they don't enjoy you preaching anymore. Now, look, when the Holy Spirit's come, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. By the way, I'm still seeing visions. <laughs> Ricky's he's dreaming dreams. <laughs> Here's what I know. If God can show a pagan king his will, Nebuchadnezzar, through a dream, God can show us his will through a dream. This is what medical field tells us. Every one of us dream every night. But by morning, it's evaporated. And by most, within an hour, it's evaporated after you awake. But if the dream stays with you, 
it's a good indicator that God's trying to say something. See, God communicates, folks. He communicates through visions and dreams. But I want to tell you lastly, he communicates through people. He communicates through people. You say, what are you talking about? Well, listen to what Acts 1 and 16 says. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost, by the mouth of David. What I mean, and I'm almost done. Sometimes you'll be in church, and you'll say, that was for me. Sometimes you'll be in a Sunday school class, that was for me. Sometimes you'll be with somebody, and they'll say, that was for me. Folks, I want to tell you something. I've had it happen in my life. See, let me share a weakness I have. This is a weakness. I'm not good at relaxing. My wife's right here. Barbara, you're right there, and you're the best person I know. Do I know how to relax? I don't. Basically, all I know how to do is work. Now, I want to say yes to everybody. That's why at daylight this morning I was at the hospital. Yes to everybody. But I never will forget, I was with a man one time. I can call his name, and just out of the blue, he looked at me. A man that I respect, and he said, Benny, I want you to know something. He didn't know I was tired, I was exhausted, I was weary. And out of the blue, he looked at me and he said, for everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. He said, Benny, you may be saying yes to this, but you're saying no to your wife. You may be saying yes to this, but you're saying no to your daughter. You may be saying yes to this, Miss Karen, but you're saying no to your health. And I knew unequivocally that word was coming from the Holy Spirit because that man didn't have a clue. And folks, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He uses tongues of people to speak to our hearts. I want to say something. I think we miss this sometimes. We talk about how much God loves us, and He does. He sent His Son to die. We talk about, folks, sometimes how much Jesus loves us. He went to the cross. But you ever think about how much the Holy Spirit loves us? He's the one, folks, that drew us to God in the first place. The Holy Spirit's the one that saw us just as lost as last year's Easter egg and dealt with our hearts. He's the one that made it uncomfortable, uncomfortable for us so we would even come to God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. How many of you folks have done things since you became a Christian that now you regret? Sure, 
If the guy beside you didn't raise his hand, put one hand on your wallet and your other arm around your wife. <laughs> but here's what's amazing. When we've messed up, it's the Holy Spirit that says, they've messed up, and I want to draw them back. I want to I get them right in right relationship with God. That's what the Holy Spirit does, folks. See, if you went to Marin County Courthouse in Marin County, Tennessee, you would find that on July the 3rd, 1984, Barbara Denise Tate, Barbara Denise Roberts, and Vincent Lynn Tate got married. No, my name's not Benny. The woman who kept me when I was small couldn't pronounce Vincent. And she told my mother, what if I just call him Benny when I was a baby? So it's been Benny for 51 years. Wait, wait. But if you went there, it'd say we're married. And this whole time, 32 years, we've been in relationship. But can I tell you something? We've not always been in fellowship. No. I told her the other day, I said, honey, we got to meet in the middle. If you admit you're wrong, I'll admit I'm right. We got to meet in the middle. <laughs> got to meet in the middle? No, we hadn't always been in fellowship. And folks, let me tell you something. You can be in relationship with the Lord, not in fellowship with the Lord. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes and says, I want you to get back. That Holy Spirit says, I love you. God loves you. You need to get back. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And we think it's some preacher or something else. No, no, it's not a preacher. That preacher don't love you that much. It's the Holy Spirit that loves you that much. It's the Holy Spirit that loves you that much. It says, no, you need to get back. Folks, let me tell you something. We desperately need the Holy Spirit. And he wants to communicate with us today. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. 
amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.